The way we try to control others is just a reflection of how we're dealing with and trying to control ourselves. That's why we should always look inward first. Welcome to the Coaching Your Family Relationships podcast, where we work on building a stronger you so that you can survive and thrive no matter what is happening in your family. I'm your host, Certified Family Relationship Coach, Tina Gosney. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad you're here. If you are a longtime listener, I'm so glad that you have come back. If you're a first-time listener, we're so glad to have you here. Welcome. This is a part two in a series that I'm doing on losing relationship strategies. And we all use losing relationship strategies, unfortunately. These are some strategies that I learned from one of my teachers and mentors, Terry Real. My husband and I were reading a, one of his books a few months ago, and we loved it. We learned so much from his book. The book that we read was called Us. I know he has several books, but if you're wanting a relationship book, that was one that was really meaningful to us. As I go through in the next few weeks in these, these losing relationship strategies, I want you to keep in mind that I have a class coming up that will help you to work on these losing relationship strategies. This class is called Healthy Relationships from the Inside Out. I'll go more into depth about how we're using these strategies in our relationships and how they affect our ability to be close to the people that we love. I'm going to teach you how to move past the transactionalness, I don't know if that's a word, like the vending machine mentality, into a more relational strategy. So we're going to think relationally, not transactionally. I think relationships are our greatest teachers. They are people growing machines, especially those close relationships that we have, and especially when things are not going well. It can seem like the opposite, but they really are helping us to grow when things are not going well. Because if things were really easy, there wouldn't be much to learn. We don't, we're not driven to learn things when things are easy and just going along really well. It's really easy when you hear things over the next few weeks that I'm going to be talking about. It's very easy to say, oh, that's not me. I don't do that. And you might think of another person in your life that, that fits what I'm talking about more. But I want you to really take a step back and, and don't let your brain go there. When you start saying, oh, that person over there, they do that all the time. I want you to turn that inward and say, how do I do that same thing? Because we are all doing these things. We just notice them in other people and we're blind to how we are doing it. We're so good at seeing what other people need. And think about us too. We're blind to what we're doing and other people are more aware and read us better than we read ourselves. There's been so many times that I have been that person where I've pointed a finger and said, oh, that person over there, they need to change because I've listened to something, I've read something, I learned something, and I think, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. That's not really me. And then I start seeing, oh, wait a minute. As I've learned something, like, oh, wait, I am doing this. And it's super humbling. It's a very humbling situation. But being humbled is a good thing. We can't work to change something unless we realize that it's happening. And awareness 
of what we are doing is difficult, but it's useful information if we are willing to use it. And all people, all humans do these things. And if you're a human, which I guess you are because you're listening to this podcast, you are using this these relationship strategies. So I want you to come to my Healthy Relationships from the Inside Out class, and we're going to go over how to move towards what we want to be doing instead of just trying to get rid of the things that we don't like about ourselves. There's a link in the show notes. So go there, click the link, sign up for the class. I will have a replay available, but I would really love it if it's possible for you to attend live because you get more out of it if you are attending live. And if you attend live, you have the opportunity to participate in the Q&A at the end. I want you to write down any questions that you have. And I want you to bring those questions to the class and make sure you're writing down questions that come to you during the class because you'll have plenty of time for Q&A. And as I go through these losing strategies over the next few weeks, if you see yourself in any of them and you're like, I don't want to wait till the class to start working on this. I want to do something different right now. Then I want you to set up an introductory coaching call with me. I call it a strategy session. We spend an hour or so working on a problem. And you come away from that call with a minimum of one strategy. Most of the time, by the time we're done, we have like two or three things for you to work on after the call. It's not a sales call. It's a one-time coaching call. The price for this call goes up in April of 2024. So if you don't want to pay more for this call, but you're wanting to do one, schedule yours now. I still have a few left um, available at that lower price. A few months ago, I was in a situation where I was I was one member of a group of people who were in charge of facilitating an event. And the event went really well in some ways, and in other ways, it went really not well. But there was one member of the group that was facilitating who really, really struggled during the event. And I could see her brain working to try to find safety and belonging. Things were not going the way that she wanted them to. And her brain was in fight or flight. I could see she was not thinking clearly. And looking back at it now, I saw her doing things like, as she was seeing things through a lens of unsafety, that she was acting in a way that was very defensive. And I think she was trying to control the narrative, the way that other people were thinking of her by doing things like overly explaining things a lot about her position or bringing up this this event afterwards in conversations um, so that she could clarify again, clarify her position, right? In a way, it was a kind of like damage control because I think she was really trying to control the way that other people were seeing her. I have so much compassion for this person because I know it can be so, so emotionally difficult to be in that position and think that other people are not thinking well of us or that maybe they have a negative view of us, right? Isn't it interesting that we all think that we can control the way that another person thinks of us? I don't think the person from the story I'm describing is unique in this. I think we all have tried to control the way that other people think of us. In fact, I just saw myself doing this a few days ago on a smaller scale. I sent a text to someone explaining more than I really needed to just so they knew 
my um, my interpretation of the events, of the event that was happening, of the situation that we were in. And so she would know where I was coming from. I saw myself doing it because I wanted to have some control in the way that she was thinking of me and the narrative she was creating in her brain about me. And I really don't have any control of that. Just like she doesn't have any control the way I think about her. But we all do this. We have all been guilty of trying to control the way that other people think of us. One of the things that our brain wants to do is it wants to control our environment. And people, other people, are part of our environment. When we do this, it gets us into trouble. But we have this need. Our brain has this need for certainty. It needs to know that we can control and that things are going to be a certain way. Life, though, is inherently uncontrollable and uncertain. And one of the variables in our lives that are uncontrollable and uncertain is other people. We have no ability to control what someone else thinks, even though our brains tell us that we do. One, another thing that our brain likes to do is it likes to learn how to do something and then repeat it over and over again. One of the things that it learns is a certain way to think. So our brain starts creating thoughts that go in a certain direction, interpreting things a certain way, and then it wants to repeat that over and over and over again. By, by recreating the same thoughts over and over again, this saves our body and our brain calories. When we have to figure out something new, including how to think differently, it takes a lot of calories. Did you know our brain takes up 20% of the calories that we take in every day? 20%. That's a lot of calories. Your brain's job is to keep you safe and alive. And when your brain is using up 20% of your caloric intake, it's going to find ways to bring that number down, which means it's going to automate as much as possible to save energy. It can't automate something that it can't predict and count on. So the more uncertainty and unpredictability we have in our lives, the more our brain revolts. It tries to bring things back and interpret things in a way that brings us back to certainty and predictability. But predictability and certainty are not only the things that our brain is looking for. It's also looking for safety. When we know that we're safe, it greatly reduces the uncertainty. In that story that I shared with you about the event and this person who was in fight or flight during that event, she was just trying to feel safe by managing the perceptions that she had of herself and the perceptions that other people had of her. I think so much of our crazy behavior goes back to a fear of losing the love and belonging and safety that we think we have, or just trying to establish that love, belonging, and safety if we never felt like we had it in the first place. But when we are using that control to try to control our relationships with others, that just does not go well. It's not going to turn out well. And if you're like most of my clients, you think when I talk about control, you're thinking, I am not a person that tries to control. She is not talking to me. But controlling other people can be very sneaky. And it's not always distinguishable on the surface. It really comes down to, at its core, to us not being able to deal with our own fears and anxieties. 
So we're trying to control the outcome of a situation that we're in or to control the thoughts and behavior of another person. I have just a few examples of what this looks like, but I could talk for an hour about different, I could give you so many more examples of what controlling other people looks like. One way we do this is we are very inflexible. We think this has to be done this way. Anything else is wrong. And I am not open to other suggestions or points of view. Or sometimes we just want to have the focus on us. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody? You're telling a story or maybe sharing a difficult situation that you're in. And all of a sudden you're talking about the other person and it's no longer about you. They've changed the subject before you were ever done talking. Maybe even in the middle of a sentence, they changed the subject. Or has someone, you've shared something and then they had to one-up you? You know, like you're having a bad day. Well, they had a much worse day. And they're going to tell you all the reasons why they had a way worse day than you did. Maybe we use, sometimes we use criticism. We tell people that they're doing it wrong. This kind of goes back into last week's podcast with needing to be right. Because we say, well, there's a right way or a better way to do things. And that's my way, not your way. It's one of the things that we try to control people with. Or we blame. We blame other people. We don't take responsibility for our own actions. We shift the blame to someone else. One really common way that we do this is we blame other people for how we are feeling. And really, just an example is we become a victim, right? So every victim needs a villain. When we become a victim, we are powerless and the other person is becomes a villain. So we become powerless in our own lives, which is really terrible position for us to put our put our own selves in, right? And but when we do that, we just need to find some way to gain control. So we go around and we tell other people our story. We want to get other people to agree with us. We start collecting allies so that we can all agree that that other person is terrible and you are mistreated. That's a really common thing for us to do. We might try to make the other person feel guilty and say things like, well, I didn't mean it like that. You always take everything so personally. Or we might excuse our behavior as just joking, like, well, that was just a joke. Can't you take a joke? It's really common to try to control people through our emotions that we display. I'm going to go more into this next week, but I want to mention it here because it is a way that we try to control people. It's very common in households to have one person rule the atmosphere of the home by their emotions, whether that is sadness or sulking or depression or anger or being a victim. When they're, when they're in the home, everything revolves around them, right? Everybody is trying to manage that person. So it's an attempt to get all the attention on yourself, to use emotions to get other people to do what you want them to do. So these behaviors that I've listed, there's so many more, really. They can become abusive. That doesn't mean that if you're using these that you're being abusive, but they can if they're crossing a line into trying to gain power and control over another person so that they're feeling intimidated, that has crossed the line into abuse. I'm not going to go really into the abuse part of trying to control, but if you are seeing this in your life and it's crossed a line into abuse, I want you to go find some help in your local community. 
there are a lot of things that get in our way as we're trying to let go of this losing strategy. We're trying to get rid of it. We don't want to try to control people anymore. There's a lot of things that can get in the way. One thing I think really gets in the way is that we don't even know what we don't know. We don't have the tools to do something different, to create something different. I think that's why it's really important to learn for ourselves, to educate ourselves. This class that I'm registering for is a great place to come and get new tools. So make sure you are signing up for that class. The rest of the reasons that I'm going to give you why this is difficult really boil down to not having a really solid sense of who you are, not being willing to look at yourself and see how you're creating the very thing that is causing you so much pain. And one of those things is a need for validation. This looks like you want to be validated in who you believe that you are, and you want other people to think that same way about you. For example, I've talked to many women who say, I need for all of my children's lives to look a certain way so that I don't feel like I'm a failure, so that I can feel like I'm a good mother. I did all the things I was supposed to do. And if they are struggling in their lives, I must have done something wrong and I don't even know what that was. So I need for my kids to be okay so that I can be okay. Or it might look like this. And I've actually coached a lot of people on this same thing too as well. And that is the idea that in order for me to be a good person, if somebody asks me to do something, I always have to say yes. Well, they don't even actually have to ask me directly, but if they're asking for volunteers and I'm in the room, then I need to say yes, because that means I'm a good person and I want to see myself as a good person. So this is how one of just a couple of the ways that we look for validation. And when we are not able to get the validation that we want, or we're looking for it outside of ourselves, we do not know how to handle the anxiety. If we can't control all of the inputs into situations in our lives, then we have a lot of anxiety about that. One of the ways that we do this is over-functioning, and that is this thought of like, I can't get anyone else to do this right, so I need to take it over, or or I have to micromanage everyone else involved so they don't screw this up. You know, a really good sign of you over-functioning and having having that mindset is if you're feeling resentment in your life. Resentment is a big red flag. Perfectionism also gets in the way. This is this idea that I need to be the best and not make mistakes or I won't be accepted and loved. And the more perfect I am, the more accepted and loved I will be. So I need to control the way that other people are seeing me and I need to control myself and I need to be better and I need to control the way that I do things. Again, this goes back into that idea that we can control the way that other people think of us, right? A really big way, a really big thing that gets in the way of us being able to let go of this need for control is to constantly be looking outside of ourselves for a solution. We don't want to look inward and self-confront because that is too hard. And that will challenge this view of who I think that I am. And that is too difficult for me to look at. So if I can just get other people to comply, 
the problem is solved. But this is being this is being blind to ourselves. Not being willing to learn how to deal with our own fear and anxiety about the outcome being different than we expected or even wanting it to be. Sometimes we demand and this goes I think this goes into the abuse category it could easily cross into abuse. Being demanding and threatening to get what you want really does give you a temporary fix to a problem. You know, when you demand that someone else complies with what you want, you might get temporary compliance, but you're also going to get resentment and resistance and passive-aggressive behavior in return. And you're also damaging the long-term health of the relationship. And there's only so long that that can last before the relationship breaks. You might get to what you want in the moment, but it's at a really great cost. Parents will do this type of behavior all the time because think of how many times you're trying to get your kids to do something and they are resisting and you just end up trying to control. It's very easy to do, but it's also very costly. It doesn't teach our children that they have their agency. It doesn't teach them how to make good choices for themselves. It teaches them that to get what they want, they need to try to control and manipulate other people. And I know that that sounds really harsh, but it's the truth. And I also know that no parent is perfect at not doing this. We've all resorted to control when we've been desperate or been in a hurry or just like the stakes were so high that we needed to control something. But when we can open our eyes and see what that we're doing is costing us a safe, connected relationship with our own child, I think we can do better. My husband, um, years and years ago, started a new job, and it was in construction where he was a managing construction crews. And his first week on the job, he got a phone call. He was home at the time, so I saw firsthand this phone call. But he got this phone call, and the person on the other end of the line was just swearing up a storm. And he, the, just the look on his eyes, like that was not something that he, an environment that he had been in before where he was treated that way and talked to that way. And he was told that that was pretty common in the construction industry to speak and talk to each other that way. Let's fast forward decades later, 20 something years later, and he now manages people that used to do his job. And sometimes as those people are coming in and they're new and he's training them, they also will try to use control and threats to get what they want, to get the subcontractors to do what they want. And he has to teach them. He says, we do not use control or threats in this company. We respect each of our subcontractors as business owners, and we treat them with the same respect that we would expect from them. He's had to teach this so many times because people come in to this company with a very different mindset and they're used to using threats and control to get what they want. But every time they do that, it sacrifices the integrity of the relationship. So in the healthy relationship class, I will go deep into trying what to control other people looks like. I'm going to go into solutions about what you can do if you're the one who's trying to control, and I'll go into solutions about what you can do if this is being done to you. Most likely, you're on both sides at times, both sides of that equation. Sometimes you try to control, and sometimes another person is trying to control you. And if that's you, then you're normal. But here's one thing that you can do to start working on this right now. I want you to ask yourself, 
What is one way I've tried to control myself? Do I blame myself? Do I reprimand myself? Do I try to control and change my behaviors by giving myself rewards or punishments? Do I demean myself in front of others? What else am I doing? How am I trying to control myself? And what is that like for me when I do that? So in this class, I'll be talking about how we can deal with our brain's need for certainty and control. We're going to be talking about how to move from a transactional relationship to a relational mindset. Reminder, the link is in the show notes. The reason I gave you the questions that are self-reflective is because I think it's more difficult to find them, first of all. But I also know that the way we try to control others is just a reflection of how we are dealing with and trying to control ourselves. That's why I'm having you look inward first. Here's your friendly public service announcement that content consumption does not create change. If you really want to create change in your life, come to the Healthy Relationships from the Inside Out class. Link in the show notes. I will see you there. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast and you want to take the next step, set up a strategy call with me. I offer a discounted coaching call for first-time clients. This is perfect for you if you're wanting to try out this coaching thing and find out what it's all about. Or if you're someone who has this one relationship issue where you feel stuck, you just need some help with it. The price for these calls will be going up in April of 2024. And for the first quarter of 2024, I'll be offering 24 of these calls at the current price of $25. These calls will go fast. And when I've done 24 of them, the price goes up. Schedule your call today before they're gone.